In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I was talking to my friend Jim, who is probably also your friend Jim, uh, the other day, and he told me that one of the street youth that he has come to know in his years of working with street youth said to him, Jim always does what he says. And I don't know why, but I thought I need to write that down. And so I put a note in my phone. And then it came in really handy for an Easter sermon. So, first of all, though, I have to tell you, you were not my first audience. I was thinking in terms of the kids at the family service, but it works for grown-ups too. Do you know someone who always does what he or she says, is honest, doesn't over-promise, and then back out? Uh, for example, with kids, do you know someone who says, we're going to take you to Disneyland, and then doesn't? For kids, that's really hard, really hard. And my husband Jack told me when we were first parents of young children that he didn't want to ever say we were going to do something with the kids unless we were really going to do it. And I hadn't thought about it, but he was right. It's important for kids to think that their parents do what they say. And then a counterexample, I remember a colleague who told me, and she was from Alabama, and she said, oh, if you need anything, anything at all, this was at school where we worked, just tell me, just tell me. And so one day she popped in and said, I'm going to the office to get some records. This was back in the days when in comfort we still did report cards by hand. Um, she said, I'm going to the office. Do you need me to do anything? And I said, well, would you get Tommy's last semester grades? Tommy was a new student. And she goes, well, I just think that'd be better if you did that. This was not a privacy issue. This was not anything that I was doing wrong. It was that she did not want to take the extra 30 seconds to do that thing. So I remembered her. If there's anything, anything all you need me to do, just ask me. And I never asked her again because she didn't do what she said. But today is Easter, and we are not really interested in colleagues or even friends. We are interested in Jesus. And what the young man said about Jim can also be said about Jesus. The disciples today, well, actually, I'm ahead of myself. Today, they're just like, is he really alive? The women said he was. But in the next few weeks, they are going to be gulping and trying to think of excuses because they didn't believe Jesus when Jesus said, I'm going to be killed, but I'll rise again on the third day. Jesus told them two times in Luke, which is our gospel this year, and about four times in Mark, and we don't know but what he told them every Monday morning. Hey guys, I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to rise. We don't know. We only know what's in the gospel. But he told them a lot, and they didn't think he knew what he was talking about. They didn't believe him. So here it is. It's three days after Jesus has died, and the women have this crazy story that Jesus isn't dead, that he is not in the tomb. And, oh, you men, they don't believe the women. They think it's some crazy story. 
and they're going to spend the next week or so thinking they, they're seeing a ghost when they actually do see Jesus. But with good reason, they're a little uneasy. On Thursday night, every one of them abandoned Jesus. They may be wondering if, it's, if he comes back, if it's payback time. So they're uneasy. But I bet today they are wishing that they had listened to Jesus and that they had believed what he said. They did believe other things he said. They did believe his new interpretation of the law, the Torah, that it was bigger than just following some rules. It was life-giving. It was about loving God and your neighbor. But they did not hear or they did not believe that he was going to die and rise. But we're not exactly innocent ourselves, I don't think. We can point to them, but we need to ask ourselves what we have heard Jesus say to us that we didn't really believe. Have we heard anything? Has Jesus, our Lord, spoken to us either through scripture or maybe a nudging in our hearts, a nudging by the Spirit, and we've not really believed that was Jesus talking to us? And we've not acted upon what Jesus has begun to make very clear to us? Well, here we are today, face to face with the risen Lord, the marks of the nails still in his hand. And he is looking at us not with, oh, really, he's looking at us with love, absolute, unconditional love. And I ask again, is he telling us something that we're not hearing, not believing, not acting on? Is he telling one of us, maybe, to sell everything we have and give the proceeds to the poor? That's not a commandment, and it's not for everybody. But is it for you? Has that been what you've been hearing and not quite believing? Is Jesus telling you, or me, to feed the hungry? And we've not acted on it because we're not quite sure how to do it? Or because we don't believe Jesus is telling us that? Is Jesus telling you to visit the prisoner? And you don't know anybody in prison, and so you haven't done it. Is Jesus telling you, as he did Bert, share with others a way to pray? Bert Meisenbach, bless his heart, heard that and began a centering prayer group, a really small, short one, on Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock in the Student Center Chapel. I have been gifted by that time that Bert has set aside. But what is Jesus saying to you? And only you will know, but you'll know. Jesus said something to Kelly Barnhill, and if you don't know what it was, you need to come over to Kinsolving and see what Home Cooked Fridays looks like. And I've had some direct experience with the body of Christ in the form of the grief support group who answered the nudging of the spirit. There is a woman in St. David's who had a brain aneurysm on Ash Wednesday. 
She's an Austin resident, but her mother lives in Virginia, and her mother has worshipped with us almost every Sunday since then. And I have been really, really busy, and I've gone several times, but I can't go all the time to visit. And so I send an email to the grief support group saying, if you feel called, I didn't say I need you to do this, I said, if you feel called to this, would you go visit the young woman and her mother? The young woman is pregnant. They are keeping her alive on life support so the baby can be born in May. It is one of the saddest things I can even imagine. And I don't know how many people, at least half a dozen from the grief support group, have gone. They heard Jesus calling them to do something, and they went. I cannot tell you what that does to me. It makes me cry to see the body of Christ answering Jesus' call. So I ask, are we willing to listen to the nudgings of the Spirit that will be Jesus' call to us? Because Jesus always does what Jesus says he'll do, and one of the great things, it's not in the Gospel of Luke, but it's in the Gospel of Matthew, is that Jesus tells us he will be with us always. Even when we misstep, even when we think we heard and we're doing what we think we heard and it didn't turn out, Jesus is with us. If you feel that Jesus is calling you, I ask you to step out in faith. And know that the Lord goes with you whenever you're trying to follow him, whenever you mess up, all the time. Alleluia, Christ is risen.